Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light and live from the WHIO studios. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light. Here's to the beer you can always count on. And by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. Call in with your comments or questions, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now, here are your hosts, John Bedell and John Tistel. You know, I could say something witty to open. We're going to let Larry Hands going to have the say because this just says it all right here. The second That's is good. good. 74-73, 2.2 seconds to go. Dayton in full court pressure. Pritchett runs the baseline, fires in midcourt. Grady bobbles three, good if it goes. It does not. It does not. And the Dayton Flyers have won. The final score, Dayton 74 and Davidson 73. And there you have it. Larry Hansgen, our own, on the call right here on the home of the Flyers. AM 1290 News 95.7 WHIO. That is how this one ended. And that also is how Davidson's undefeated mark at home comes to an end this year, Tiz. I'm John Bedell. My partner tonight is John Tisdale. And Flyer fans, we thank you for joining us here on Flyer Feedback tonight after a massive double order of onions win for the Dayton Flyers. They almost blew a 19-point lead, but they didn't. Almost. As we know from Saturday, doesn't cut it. That's Sorry, right. Davidson. Mm-hmm. 74-73, they come away with a massive win, Tizzy, after a deflating loss on Saturday. And now, we find the Dayton Flyers in third place in the A-10. I believe they're tied with George Mason now. Atop, uh, near the top of the A-10 standings. And after all the ups and downs of this season, here's the window that allows the A-10, allows you. Now with five left, John, they are now perfectly positioned to get a top four seed, and that's the goal because that positions you for the auto bid to only win three games in as many days for the NCAA tournament, which is the stated goal for this program. Still within reach. It still is. Uh, we'll pick it up from there in just a moment. But uh, standings-wise, my my sixth sense really in about five seconds or less, this was a big win just for a lot of reasons on the road and then for standings A-10-wise. Yep. More on that in just a moment. Keeps them alive for that top four seed. John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you Flyer fans. More of your calls and tweets on the other side of this break after Dayton a 74-73 winner right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 831. I'm John Tisdale. Here are the three big things you need to know this hour. ODOT says they will have scores of workers with plows on the streets as the snow starts to fall after tonight. Riverside cops are interest, are investigating the disappearance of Cheryl Coker as a homicide, and her husband is now a suspect. In our top story, the Miami Valley could see anywhere from two to four inches of snow starting late tonight, then a wintry mix Wednesday afternoon. A wintry mess of snow, sleet, and freezing rain moves in overnight. I'm Chief Meteorologist McCall Vrydags. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Now, WHIO triple team traffic. Uh, looking at uh, very good driving conditions on the freeway here on this uh, Tuesday night. If you're going to be traveling on I-70 around State Route 202 in that area. Traffic moving pretty well. And if you're going to be traveling also, westbound 70 coming from 675. That 13-mile drive is going to take you about 12 minutes. 
Our top story, we're anticipating a messy Wednesday morning commute. A winter weather advisory will be in effect for the entire listening area starting at midnight until noon tomorrow. Portions of the Miami Valley could see anywhere from two to four inches of snow starting late tonight, followed by a wintry mix in the afternoon. Storm Center 7 Chief Meteorologist McCall Vridex tells us where the temperatures will be between now and then. We're going to be hovering around those low 30s to upper 20s into the early part of the night. And then by morning, we start to climb back above freezing and we'll see that transition from snow to sleep to freezing rain during the morning commute. McCall will have the full forecast coming up in just a moment. With more snow coming, ODOT says they will be out in force all night. The Ohio Department of Transportation says they will have more than 120 crews on western Ohio roads overnight. Motorists are being asked to give ODOT workers plenty of latitude in clearing roads, reminding everyone to not crowd the plow. WHS Ron Otto, ODOT workers say their goal during a snowstorm is passable, not perfect roads. With more snow on the way, road crews in Huber Heights, they looks like they're going to have a long night ahead of them. Huber Heights crews will come in around midnight to deal with the conditions moving towards the Miami Valley right now. They actually took an unusual approach, starting with secondary roads pre-treating today and leaving some of those primary roads for now. They think they're going to get to those primary roads as the winter weather moves through the Miami Valley. WHR Sean Cuddy says crews want to make those residential streets uh, want to make those residential streets to be ready for the morning commute uh, tomorrow. The case of a missing mother in Riverside is now a homicide investigation, and her husband has been named a suspect. Cheryl Coker disappeared in October. Police now say they do not believe she is alive, and her husband, William Bill Coker, has been named a suspect. Cheryl Coker was last seen in October after dropping her daughter off at school. Her SUV was later found in a parking lot. WHO's Amy Frederick right now. William Coker is a suspect and has not yet been charged. <laughs> With local news every 15 minutes, this is WHIO Continuing News. And in a game you heard here on the home of the Flyers, the Dayton Flyers held off a second-half comeback by Davidson to defeat the Wildcats by a score of 74-73. to UD's Nets game will be Saturday afternoon when they host St. Louis. Pre-game coverage begins at 3. Tip-off is at 4 right here on the home of the Flyers. And now with the most accurate and dependable forecast, your Storm Center 7 Chief Meteorologist, McCall Vridex. Quiet for now, but we're going to be looking at snow developing after midnight tonight. That will transition over to sleet and freezing rain for your Wednesday morning commute. So expect snow-covered and slushy roadways between 4 o'clock in the morning through at least 9 a.m. So we get into your day on Wednesday, off and on showers expected with highs in the middle 40s. I'm Chief Meteorologist McCall Vridex in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Scan of live Radar is clear. It is overcast here in the valley. Currently, we've got 20, 31 degrees in Beaver Creek, 29 degrees in Springfield, 31 degrees in Dayton at 834. I'm John Tisdell, WHIO Continuing News. Hello, Brooklyn. The Atlantic 10 Men's Basketball Championship returns to the bright lights of Barclays Center. Join your team for five days of tournament madness, March 13th through 17th at the iconic Brooklyn Arena. Purchase tickets now at the ticket office of your favorite A-10 institution at Barclays Center box office, barclayscenter.com, ticketmaster.com, or by calling Ticketmaster at 800-745-3000. Come to Brooklyn and cheer your team to a title in the NCAA tournament. Ever wonder what ingredients are in Bud Light? Just check the packaging. We brew with hops, barley, water, and rice. Ever wonder what ingredients are in Coors Light? You can't check the packaging. You have to go to their website, download a PDF, and scroll to page three. There it is. Coors Light brews with hop extract, barley, water, and corn syrup. Bud Light, brewed with no corn syrup. Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer, AB St. Louis, Missouri. Based on information available at MillerCoors.com as of January 16, 2019. 
We've got Flyer Fever. How about you? Code is proud of its Gem City roots and proud to support our hometown UD Flyers. Ask us about Welcome Home, a special mortgage program for qualified new home buyers. Grant funds become available March 1st, so reserve your funds now before they're gone. It's basically free money. Free money? Who wouldn't want to take advantage of that? Check CodeCU.org to find out more. We are proud to be the Downtown Dayton Credit Union. Member NC UA. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback. John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here tonight after a 74-73 Dayton Flyers win. They get to 17-9 overall, 9-4 in A-10 play. They move themselves into a tie for third place in the A-10 standings with George Mason with this win tonight. And they have now... I'll have to double-check this, but I'm almost positive. They have won their last two now at Davidson. Two years ago, yes, that's the Gucci Smith game. That was the mm-hmm. final year of the Archie Miller era. That, I remember watching that game with a couple of my buddies. Never forget that one, where UD flipped the script tonight, and they were the ones coming that's storming right. back from a big deficit to pull out the win, and Scoochie Smith doing Scoochie things and hitting a big shot on the stretch. Uh, Dayton flipped the scripts on themselves today. They were coming storming back after being down 22 at home on Saturday against VCU. They were up by as many as 19 today, Tiz. And then all of a sudden, there goes Davidson on a 12-0 run to cut the lead to four. They end up tying the game, and Dayton escapes with Josh Cunningham splitting a pair of free throws with 2.2 seconds left. And Jordan Davis playing tremendous defense on Kellen Grady. We know he is a lot like another Davidson alum in terms of when it comes to his three-point shooting acumen, Tiz. You're always afraid Kellen Grady can make that shot from the parking lot. So... Uh, 2.2 seconds with a one-point lead at Davidson. You never feel comfortable with that final play. But Dayton holds on. Uh, I'm I really impressed with this win. I mean, they almost blew that lead, but they toughed it out and they hung on, and they come away with a tremendous win to try and claw back into this thing after dropping the game at home that I don't think a lot of people thought they should have lost on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that's how you and I really were t- – were- I've been thinking about this because just to me, it's just what the frustrating part is is that Dayton controlled this game for about the good – 32, 33 minutes. That's something Anthony Grant talked about, I think, when he was talking with Larry Hanskin. And just Davidson just went on one of those things. You knew at some point they were going to make a run. I mean, Kellen Grady, you know, he draws comparisons to Steph Curry. And Curry was at the at the game the other night in, uh, at Belk Arena, which is, look, it's not a small place. It's, I mean, it's a 4,400 crowd. It's about UD Arena. is about three times bigger than that. That's what Larry Hanskin told me. In describing Belk Arena, it's, it's a good sized gym. I mean, uh, there's a lot of small gyms, but good atmosphere, I thought. Uh, yeah, but Dayton did a good job of taking them out of the game. They got to their, they got it inside, they got away from it a little bit. But I think Davidson deserves some credit, I think, for that too, because they're a good ball club. And, but I, I tonight, Dayton, I mean, Davidson goes six of 21 from three, Dayton seven of 20 from the line. And, and, uh, Anthony Grant also talked about free throws. Yeah, Dayton missed some, but they got to the line 26 times to Davidson's 20. That, I think, was the other difference in the game because they struggled to start the game, but they really made their free throws, I thought, throughout as the game went along. Yeah, they missed some, but Josh Cunningham just with huge, and this was an Onions-type win. This yeah. was huge, especially after they, I'm not going to say they laid an egg in the, against VCU in the first half, but they did not play well. I think VCU had a lot to do with it, and they showed tremendous heart in coming back. But the thing that gets to me a little bit, they just fall into these holes. 
and they have to work so hard with the limited depth that they have. And yes, they had Trey Landers, and Trey Landers wasn't a factor tonight. But they, when they get into these holes, John, down double figures at home, they got to work so hard to get back into right. it. I'm just, it came back and bit them. I thought. And so I'm right. impressed with this win because I'll admit, I'll, I'll fully admit, I did not expect them to win tonight. But I'm going to pose the elephant in the room question that I know for a fact other Flyer fans are asking themselves tonight: Where was this effort Saturday? Right? Yeah. I mean, in the interest of even handing this. Our job is to be a little, you know, down the middle of an objective here. We can be a little bit of flyer honks because we both went to UD and we're, you know, on a talk format. This Absolutely. is not like a beat writer position. But Tiz, I mean, that was my thought was where the hell was this Saturday? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, but we're, 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 we're happy to die. <laughs> Let's right. just, you take it, but you can't, you can't help, right? I mean, you can't help. That's all I'm saying. You can't help but wonder that watching these two games. That's my thinking, too. But then I just think back. This is a program that's still learning to win, and it's and it's a difficult thing. And they'll say, well, VCU is like, VCU is not Dayton. VCU has depth. Dayton is limited on depth, and that is a factor. I think that was a factor during that Davidson run. I, and Brooks Hall talked about this during the broadcast. By the way, Brooks Hall's got a pretty good road record, by the way, when he's broadcasting these yeah. games with Larry Hanskin. Just saying. But, Five road wins already for these mm, Flyers this year. Not bad, huh? Play. They're, they're already over 500 on the road. Did you see that coming, Flyer they fans? They have a better record. How about this? Hat tip to my friend Steven on Twitter. This is, you talk about a mind blower with the home court advantage Dayton has. Yeah. Because they've got a better record on the road than they do at home right now. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Woo! Hey, 457-1290 is the number. You can jump on the phone lines. Pack tonight. Marty is in Miamisburg. Marty, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I just wanted to ask and or say uh, in the NFL – you have prevent defense, and it seems that a lot of uh, teams that are down uh, come back and have a chance and or win. And we was taking it to to Davidson tonight, and all of a sudden, you know, after we get up by 19 in the second half, and all of a sudden we just start killing the clock or something like that. Uh, I, I think be like a boxer. Take it to them. I mean, finish the fight. Just, just continue to deliver everything you got to get you in that position, so you can finish the game, hopefully in ease. It, it, it became a squeaker at the end, and uh, you know we can all agree that there was a, a loss almost to be seen. Almost, yeah. But I mean, luckily they did escape, Marty. But I, I get what you're saying. You want them to, you know, throw that haymaker down the stretch, where, as, as Anthony said, they did a good job early. For the mo- for the first you know thirty four minutes or so, turning Davidson's water off, just absolutely taking away the three, which is their strength. But to the Wildcats' credit, they adjusted and drove. They got to the bucket, but there was a couple times where a, a problem that I- I'm sure you've seen Marty and that I've that we've harped on here on the show, defensive rebounding, a lot of second chance points during that run, and they weren't able. That's one of the things that bothered me at times was got to be able to grab those defensive boards to just sh- slam that window shut on the fingers right. as they're crawling back in. Right. But, but hey, they did pull it out, Marty. So you know you got to give them credit for that. That 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 was a tough win. It was almost. It was almost. It's good victory and go Flyers. That's what's right. right. Absolutely, we'll take it. Marty. We thank you for the call. Thanks, Marty. Here on Flyer feedback, if we had a faraway phone call, what is today? Tuesday. Yes. Steph would win because she's calling from New Jersey. Steph, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, it's not Steph. It's Beth. B E T H. Oh, Beth. Beth. I'm sorry. That I'm yes. sorry. I misread that. That's all right. Graduated in '76, and and still a Flyer fan, and always will be. And and some of what you just talked about with Marty is is what I uh, wanted to comment on. But 
uh, in the second half, yes, you could see that Davidson changed their um, uh, plan of attack. And I didn't know why Dayton didn't go into a zone defense every once in a while, just again to give them a different look and, and clog up that middle, because it seemed to be that they drove at will. And look how many underneath the basket wide open, only because they drew us out and just, you know, I don't know. I was looking for a zone defense just for change up there for a while. How about you? Dizzy? It's a good point, but I think Dayton has played zone so many times and they've gotten burned, and that was really the case in the beginning of the VCU game. I think that's why maybe, I don't know, Coach Grant maybe have been a little bit hesitant on that because you know he they started zone against VCU, he got burned, and he said that was my bad at the end of the game. That was something I noted from our good friend David Jablonski. But no, that's a good question, Beth. That's a very good question. Maybe that they could have changed things up a little bit. That's not a bad idea. Just give them a different look. I mean, not staying in it forever, right. but it just seems that they just – Again, changed their plan, and they were very successful. And just give them a look coming out. I don't know what kind of a zone changed up a couple times, but they just didn't seem to be as sharp defensively as they were in the first half because I think Davidson just took it to them. Agreed. And also Davidson made the adjustment because they live, live and die with that three. They just went to the basket, and they got back in the game. But uh, – they they pulled it out, and uh, that's what the uh, that's all that's all that matters. One point, two point, three points on the road. It's a win. I hear you. Go Flyers. We love them. Hey, Absolutely. Thanks, for the call, thanks Beth. Beth. Checking all the way from uh, New Jersey. We appreciate Beth. Absolutely. Uh, checking in on the phone lines here, and now we go to the hotline. Oh, it's so hot! It's on fire right now because David Jablonski's on the line. David, what do you think about that hey. win, Jabo? Amazing that it was just the opposite of Saturday's game. You know, one point loss becomes a one-point win a a lead overcome becomes a blown lead and uh you know the flyers win at the end after losing at the end the other day um and again it came down to a drive to the basket uh, jordan davis missed the shot saturday and uh this time jalen crutcher found a you know a great pass josh cunningham who you know made the um, clutch free throw after missing the first one he said it was just another free throw, but I don't think you can really say that uh, with a serious face. It was not just another free throw. Yeah. Um, big night for Josh Cunningham, big night for the Flyers. Jabo, I got to ask you, with the exception of almost, almost blowing the 19-point lead, um, I got to ask you the elephant in the room question that, that popped into my head, and I know other Dayton fans are thinking it. Where was this effort Saturday? Did, you, did that ever cross your mind at any one point watching this effort today down there in North Carolina? Um, you know, they had the effort there Saturday, just not in the first half. They had for the but that's right. For the first 23 minutes. Where was this effort for the first 23 yeah. minutes Saturday? You know, I don't, I don't get into the whole effort thing. It's, it's a hard thing to judge. I need to see some numbers to uh, prove that they're not making an effort. Uh, I think fans look at, you know, bad performance and say there's no effort there. But, you know, in, in reality, it's just players not playing well and uh, game plan not working and shots not falling and the other team making shots. Effort, you know, I don't get into that. That's, that's, that's fan talk. My overarching takeaway from this one, Jabo, is just how impressed I am that they actually pulled this one out and won it because, you know, you you talked on these airwaves, we talked on these airwaves just a few weeks ago that you looked at the schedule as soon as it came out and certainly as recently as, what, three, two, three weeks ago, that this was probably their most challenging game of the season. And darn it, Jabo, if they didn't go in there and just take it from the Wildcats in a place where, as you tweeted this morning, they had not lost at all, period, this year at home. And Dayton goes in there survives the scare of that almost blown that 19-point lead and I think showed tremendous uh, metal by by hanging on and, and pulling this thing out and, and getting back a game after a, a deflating loss against VCU Saturday. And now here we are, Jabba, with five left. They move into a tie in a third place with George Mason after yeah, this win. 
I mean, they're probably not going to win the regular season title. VCU would really have to stumble, and Dayton would have to win out, which Correct. neither are probably going to happen. But the important thing is getting the top, one of those top four seeds so you have a chance, a realistic chance to win the tournament and then go to the NCAA tournament. Or, you know, you can improve your NIT resume, too, which they did tonight. I'm Don't you do that. Don't you that. talk about that tournament on this show. This, this could be Don't the you win do that, that. them into the NIT, John. Jabo's I mean, trolling. That's, that's that's exciting. I, no, I, mean, I should have had you call and pose as an NIT bracketologist, Jabo. <laughs> it was basically the same performance as Saturday in the second half, just went backwards. And, you know, random things happen at the end of the game. You lose one, you win one. You know, doesn't mean there were bad decisions made Saturday. It doesn't mean there were great decisions made tonight. To me, it's just sometimes it's just random. You never know what's going to happen. Well, and Jabo, Josh Cunningham getting his swagger back. I mean, that I mean, he just yeah. played out of his mind. He's been on the struggle bus of late. Um, your thoughts on and just what you thought about just seeing Cunningham with this kind of Herculean Ryan Perryman like effort tonight? Yeah, they really need that. I mean, they needed him to be an all. They they needed him to be an all conference level performer this year, even a player of the year type candidate. I mean, he really hasn't been for for whatever reason, but he was tonight. I mean, he outperformed uh, Kellen Grady. Uh, Goodmanson outperformed everybody. Yeah. Uh, he just took over that game uh, in the second half, but uh, Cunningham was almost as good. And just to make all those free throws when he's been so up and down uh, all season on the, uh, at the line, you know, he started off slow and then he got hot and then he struggled again. And tonight, you know, really made a bunch and you know, clutch one to miss the first one put it all on that second one. You, you can't say enough about a guy who makes that shot. Hey, Jabba, real quick, you had a uh, great picture on your Twitter account. By the way, follow David Jablonski at Twitter where on that foul where uh, where Cunningham was fouled. Uh, were you surprised a little bit they didn't go to the monitor to take a look at that? Because that was pretty close. I'm not saying they could have overturned it, but that was pretty close to a flagrant. You got a pretty good shot of that foul. Did they not go to the monitor? I thought they went to. I thought they were reviewing it. I, I thought Davidson called a timeout, but I'm not sure they went to it. I'd have to go back and listen to the, I mean, the way that play. The way Larry was de- not, I don't know. the way Larry was describing it, Java. It was like a- Anthony was certainly lobbying for that, right. but the way Larry described yeah. it, the refs kind of that's right. Brushed it aside and thought there about it for a second, but just didn't. The, that happened at the very end of the game. That would have been a hard call, call to make, even though it should be called no matter what time of the game it's it's at. But uh, yeah, we basically handed the game to Dayton there. Um, but yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I, look, I couldn't tell from where I was. I mean, there's a lot of bodies between me and, and that foul ball. And I looked at my picture. I was like, wow, he got his money's worth on that foul. Yeah. Well, Jabo, you trolled me earlier by talking about the NIT and NIT home games. I'll troll you in return by saying now we turn, well, not you, but some others. Uh, we turn our attention now, Jabo, to the stuff of legends, the Arch Baron Cup, the rubber <laughs> match on Saturday. Wow. How, how? how is it going to live up to these last two games? Even the Arch Baron Cup. So I don't know. It's a tall order. It's a tall yeah, order. There haven't been a lot of classic Arch Baron Cups lately. No. Um, so maybe we're due. Maybe, and, uh, maybe a quadruple overtime. I'll tell you, Jabo, you should keep your eye out for the sartorial selection on Saturday, maybe. Huh? Oh, yeah? Well, we'll see. I can't say any more than that, but we'll see. All right? You got, you're, you got something special planned? Or the Flyers do? Uh, somebody else does. I don't, but... Uh, Heard okay. tell of it. So okay. we'll see. Hey, David Jablonski checking okay. in on the hotline. Jabo, thanks for your coverage and your, your insight as always. And safe travels safe back to North Carolina. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. See you. Hey, you're welcome, David Jablonski. On the hotline, follow Jabo on Twitter. He covers the Flyers beat like nobody's business. He's a tremendous co-worker, a tremendous guy, and 
a great resource and a reporter here at uh, WHIO for us to have on the Flyers beat. Hey, Dayton winner, 74th, 73, Neil and Eden, Dick and Dayton, John and Troy. Hang on. We'll get you guys after the break right here as Flyer Feedback continues the home stretch of it right here on the home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now three big things you need to know. The top stories we're following this hour. Winter weather advisory will be in effect starting at midnight until noon tomorrow as the Miami Valley could see anywhere between 2 to 4 inches of snow. The Trump administration wants California to return the money for their high-speed rail. And ODOT says they will have scores of workers with plows on the streets as the snow falls tonight. Never more than 15 minutes from Dayton's top stories. I'm John Tisdell, WHIO Continuing News. Premier Health is proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics as the official sports medicine provider for 42 area schools. We treat more student-athletes than anyone else in the region. From injury prevention, treatment, and sports performance, our team of board-certified sports medicine and orthopedic physicians, athletic trainers, and rehabilitation specialists offer a comprehensive program focused on the goals of each athlete. To learn more or to find a Premier Health sports medicine specialist, visit premierhealth.com sportsmed. Premier Health, taking care to a higher level. I love hearing about the weather. It keeps me updated accurately. More in-depth and truthful. We heard from you, WHIO listeners, and we are not slowing down as we continue to bring you news that affects you and the Miami Valley. You have told us how important breaking local news, weather, and traffic is to you, and we will continue to provide the latest 24-7. You can trust me, Larry Hanskin, host of Miami Valley's Morning News and the Voice of the Flyers on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. I've been here for over 37 years, and I'd like to think I've earned your trust. Cold today, mid to upper 30s with sunshine and scattered clouds. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback. I'm John Bedell. He's John Tisdale, and you're you. We thank you for joining us here. Dayton a winner tonight, 74-73. They improved to 17-9 overall, 9-4 in A-10 play with this win tonight. They move themselves now into a tie for third place with the George Mason Patriots with the win. So if the season were to end today, Tiz, mm-hmm. by virtue of the tiebreaker the Patriots owns, the Patriots own over the Flyers, Dayton would be the four seed. But there's five games left, and they're now in a tie for third with uh, the George Mason Patriots. Davidson, meantime, the team Dayton beat tonight, had been 15-1 and at Belk Arena in A-10 play, including a perfect 12-0 and there. So far this season, and six and zero in A ten play, but they have been fifteen and one in A ten conference play since losing to Dayton there in twenty seventeen, and this is the first time anybody period got the Davidson Wildcats at home. They were twelve and zero and were a perfect were past tense a perfect six and zero in A ten play at home before tonight. Yeah, huge win. This almost is a huge win. Nineteen point. Well, they lead, almost, but they didn't. But um, <laughs> yes, as, uh, almost, but not quite. We'll just leave it at that. But, again, this changes a lot of things because now Davidson goes to second place. VCU up 19 now going into halftime against Rhode Island. They likely will be in first place, and they're good. Let's just face it. Yeah, this is Mike Hartsock and I were talking on Saturday. Yeah, they, they were taking it to Dayton, but they're also good. As I was much wrong. as we hate I'll to admit, see it. I'll eat crow. Uh, I was wrong about VCU. They're good. And if you look at four different bracketology uh, brackets today, let's see. USA Today. CBS, ESPN, and SI all have 
the A-10 is a one-bid league. Everybody has VCU in the tournament, and that's it. The closest anybody else is to in these four brackets is Davidson on basically the next four out. Um, so right now, everybody's assuming that VCU is going to win the A-10 tournament, which is could happen. Not out of the realm of possibility, though, that somebody else could do it. So if VCU is able to not stumble down the stretch, Tiz, that could open the door for a two-bid league. VCU... I think is the only team that really has a shot at truly solidifying an at-large resume, and that opens the door of somebody not named VCU, which I think is perfectly reasonable to expect. If somebody not named VCU wins in Brooklyn, now we're looking at a two-bid league. We talked about this also uh, during one of the breaks. This is a wide-open conference because there's about maybe six or seven teams that yeah. can go into Brooklyn and win that tournament, and Dayton is one of them. So it's about not only if you're playing well going into that tournament, but there's about six or seven teams, I think, because St. Bonaventure's starting to play pretty good ball. Duquesne, you cannot fall asleep on Keith yeah. Damprod's team. Yep. George Mason, they're good defensively, even though they lost to St. Bonaventure the other day. I'm not going to count St. Louis out uh, with the Arch Baron coming up on uh, Saturday. So there's a lot, of, lot of basketball left to go. So uh, we'll see what happens as we hit down the stretch. We'll find out Saturday when Dayton hosts uh, St. Louis. Neil is in Enon. Neil, what's on your mind tonight here on Flyer Feedback? Hey, well, i got a couple things. One, I think uh, the Flyers need to hire Ryan Perriman. Okay? I mean, that guy needs to teach him how to rebound. Um, those guys are awful. I, I, I've been, you know, I've, I've got season tickets. I'll go down the games. I'll watch them. And I just don't understand why those guys get out rebounded, especially on the offensive. You know, it's just amazing. And uh, anyway, but I, other than that, I'm I'm very happy that they won tonight. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing: that when they lost to VCU, okay, the week they talked about it. Hey, they got a week's rest. They got a week. You know, here take off. We got a week. All that stuff like that. Every time it seems like the Flyers have a week off, they lose. And it's like they're a step behind. I don't know if they just um, – I don't know what it is. They, they, when, you know, when they, when they practice amongst themselves, it's not like a real game scenario or whatever. But it's always – they always seem the next game to lose after a week off. Uh, I, you know, I'm probably wrong, but what do you think? Well, for some some teams, Neil, and we thank you for the call here on Flyer Feedback because we got packed phone lines here. You know, for some teams, it helps them out. For others, uh, you know, you can come out flat. That's kind of a double-edged sword of a week off. It was a rest that I thought that team needed, but there's also when you got a week off and you're not playing Tuesday or Wednesday in between those Saturday games, you can have a tendency to come out flat. And, Dave, whoo, boy, did they do that and get the doors blown off. And, you know, yeah, before he knew it, they were in a 22-point hole. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, John, friend of show, John and Troy. John, what's on your mind tonight, brother? Well, I'll tell you one thing I wouldn't do. I wouldn't bet on the Flyers in Vegas. I mean, it's, they're just a hard team to put your finger on. <laughs> bad for your but, health. Yeah, bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, bad for everything. I mean, uh, <laughs> mental issues like us having PTSD flashbacks when uh, Grady went up there with the last second shot. I've just seen too many of them over time go in. But, I mean, uh, you know, the one thing I really think there, there's two two main points I want to bring up here. I, I want to give kudos to Trey Landers for getting back out there and playing. I mean, that's a, that is a man's man. I mean, he probably isn't all, all well, but uh, I mean, I just think him playing gets them back into their, uh, their pat, their, their flow patterns. And, you know, you know, when, when it comes to, 
you know, who's coming in substituting and not. Uh, well, you know, he helps and, with the rebounding woes too, John. He's going to help yeah, shore that up. Yes, and, yes that, that's a definite hurt. And I, and I, could say, I want to give him kudos to uh, winning on the road like this. I mean, this is a game that, hey, they beat somebody tough on the road. They beat somebody with a good record. Uh, yeah, and I'd re- and anyway, I would rather see them b- almost blow a game and still win it rather than lose a game where they came back from 22 and lose it at the end. I mean, I mean, I'd rather have that any day. And uh, I, you know, one comment uh, there was out there, and one last comment uh, about playing zone. I wouldn't play zone against. Uh, the Davidson, those guys are like snipers out there. And I think, you know, Coach Grant ran a, a great defensive game where it's just man-to-man up in your face and challenge them because you, you are athletically superior and you're stronger and you just don't want to be giving them an open shot, you know, even even a second. I mean, you, you do run the risk of, by doing that, uh, getting beat back door, but we did a pretty good job of not getting beat back door. Yeah, I was gonna say you that. you you take their strength away and you make them beat you driving to the hoop, John. Right. Because as you yep. mentioned, you don't want to open yourself up to a zone from a team yep. like Davidson yep. that will punish you oh, for it, playing it, it, zone it, it, against it, them. I three yeah, three points I right like that on yep. him if you did that. Well, John, I got music in my ear. We thank you for the call as always here on Flyer Feedback. So that's gonna do it for us, guys. One more time, Dayton winner 74-73 of the Davidson Wildcats. Our next game is Saturday. We will be on the air at 3. Larry and Bucky have the call at 4. And St. Louis, the Arch Baron Cup, is on the line as the St. Louis Billikens come to the arena Saturday. Keep an eye out for, you know, what you might should uh, wear to the arena, what the Flyers do on Saturday, too. So we'll see you on the radio Saturday afternoon, Flyers fans. Until then, I'm John Bedell. I'm John Tisdale. And we're saying thanks for listening, everybody. Go, Go Flyers. Flyers. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station. When you hear these tones, you know the WHIO Radio Storm Center has been activated. This means important weather updates every 15 minutes or sooner. Here on AM 1290 and News 95.7, WHIO.